0: Hey everyone and welcome back to The Leadership Project with your host Mick Spears. We bring you thought-provoking guests and topics every week to challenge your thinking about leadership. Our aim is to help you become the leader that you wish you always had as we learn together and lead together. Welcome back to The Leadership Project with your host, Mick Spears, where our vision is to inspire all leaders to challenge the status quo, and we empower modern leaders through knowledge and emotional intelligence to create meaningful impact. Today's episode is a really special event to celebrate International Women's Day 2021, which has the theme of hashtag choose to challenge. I recently had the great privilege and honour to moderate a panel called Inspiring Women at Cubic. The theme of the panel purposely had a double meaning. All of the women that you're about to hear from are all inspiring leaders at that business. And they're all doing exactly that. They're inspiring women. Together on the panel, we were able to have challenging conversations about controversial topics, conversations that must be had if we're to see a real change in the world to address things like gender equality issues in the workplace and also unconscious bias in society. Today we bring you part one of that panel and we'll soon be ready to bring you part two as well. So please sit back, enjoy, think and reflect on what you're about to hear and we really look forward to your feedback. Okay, the the numbers have stabilised now and we've got a great turnout today. So thank you all for your time uh, as we talk about a very important topic to all of the panellists here today, including myself. It is International Women's Day next Monday on the uh, 8th of March and the theme for International Women's Day 2021 is to choose to challenge. And there is a hashtag movement around that where people are encouraged to put personal messages up with that hashtag to give their support uh, towards International Women's Day and to challenge the status quo as to what is happening in the world and how we can continue to improve and push the needle and accelerate uh, the move towards better gender balance and m- multiple topics uh, surrounding International Women's Day. My name is Mick Spears and I'm delighted to, to be your moderator today. The format of today's session will be a moderated Q&A session with a wonderful panel of inspiring leaders. Our theme today is inspiring women at Cubic, and that is purposely a double play on words. It's both a noun, inspiring women, the faces that you see before you, and a verb, inspiring women, because that's what we want to do. We want to inspire the current generation and the next generation of women leaders in the business and in society to challenge the status quo and to to keep them the, the needle moving forward. So you will find with that topic of uh, choose to challenge that today it is going to be a celebration of women and some of our most inspiring leaders, but it's also going to be a conversation where we are going to address some challenging topics that need to be discussed. They need to be discussed so that we can t- continue the movement uh, of ensuring that there is better gender balance in our world. With that being the case, the, the format for today will be for about 40 to 45 minutes. will be a moderated session where we do have some topics that that we will be going through. But I also encourage you to ask your own questions and there is the Q&A function that you see at the bottom of your screen where you can pose your own questions that we will be getting at uh, towards the end of the session and you should have the ability there to vote up the questions so that we can prioritise. We will get to as many of those questions uh, as we can and we look forward to engaging with you at that point. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce all of the panelists to you. We've brought together a great cross-section of inspiring leaders in our business, and I'm delighted to introduce them to you now. And we'll start with Maria.
1: Um, Good afternoon, everyone. Um, My name is Maria Rio. I work for CMP. I'm in San Diego. I've been um, in Cubic for 19 years. So I had a great experience and I'm just very glad to be here with everyone and really awesome people. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Maria. Uh, Kat.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm
2: Kat Bell. I'm a program manager for DARPA programs in the Austin CDI group. Um, And while I've only been at Cubic since July of last year, I've worked in everything from mechanical engineering to experiential marketing prior to this. Um, so happy to share any questions and answers about uh, other industries as well.
0: So welcome to Cubic Cat. It's uh, it's wonderful to have you, you here. Jenny.
3: Hi, I'm uh, Jenny Almodovar. I'm a Senior Director of Engineering Excellence within the Corporate Cubic Customer Experience Group. I've been with Cubic for about 18 years, and I'm really happy to be on this panel with uh, all these great women.
0: Thank you, Jenny. Bonnie.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Bonnie Crawford. I'm the Senior Product Unit Director for YUMO App and YUMO Rewards. And I've been with Cubic just under a year. And Been in the technology
5: space for going on 25 years now.
0: Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, Susan. Good
5: morning. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Margro. I work with CTS Department. I lead up the North American Solutions Architecture team, and I've been at Cubic for 16 and a half years, and
0: I started here as an intern for college. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Thank you, Susan. Felicity.
6: Hi, everyone. My name is Felicity Williams-Lovegrove. I'm joining from Brisbane today, and I am the bid and proposal manager for APAC, for um cubic transportation. And it's great to be here with all these awesome women. So thank you.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Felicity. Uh, Alison. Hey
6: all, I'm Alison Harden. Uh, I'm out of our
7: Austin office in Texas. I'm your enterprise agility coach and a digital programs manager here at Cubic. I've been here just shy of eight months, I believe. So it still feels pretty new and exciting. And I'm really excited to be here today on this panel of Fierce, uh, fierce female leaders here at Cubic.
0: Excellent, thank you, Allison. Christina. Hi,
8: everybody. I'm Christina Itzkowitz, and I'm the senior director of employee experience. <laughs> i cubic for about six months now and I'm based in Boston and chilly Boston, but happy to, to be with everyone here today and to join the panel.
0: Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Christina. And thank you for your energy as always. And Grace.
9: Hi, everyone. Uh, it's Grace Lee here. Uh, I'm chief HR and diversity officer for cubic and I'm based in our San Diego office.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you again to all of the panelists for, for, for your time. I, I really greatly appreciate it. And I know that uh, mm-hmm. the audience is going to appreciate that as well. One more thing that I'll say as we get into the questions, uh, just to be warned that we will make some generalizations today. Uh, it's hard to avoid them. And all generalizations are wrong, but some of them are useful. So you will find that we will go through some things and you'll probably... Now, it might even get uncomfortable at times where you say, well, that doesn't apply to everyone, but it's still a conversation that needs to be had. So please forgive us that we will make some generalizations as we go through. So I'm going to start off with something relatively easy to get us going and going to start here with Felicity. Now, Felicity, what does International Women's Day mean to you?
6: Good question, Mick. I mean, it depends whether you want to be really specific or really broad, but I think it's really important to, or the way that I think of it is it's multifaceted and it's really important that you're thinking of it from a holistic way because in developed and wealthy and well-off countries, sometimes you can kind of think, is there a need or what's the big deal? But there's definitely still steps that need to be taken and there's still progress to be made. And at the same time, in less fortunate countries around the world, there's a lot more progress that needs to be made. So to me, it's kind of a, a day to think about all women around the world and how we can help each other and we're all pushing in the same direction. And that's kind of the quick answer.
0: Nice insight there, Felicity. It's something for us to be aware of. We are going to focus a lot today On the Anglo-Saxon world, I mean, we're a company that's very strong in the Anglo-Saxon world and therefore it's a little bit natural that that's where most of us are living and come from. But Felicity brings up a really good point that culturally, not all countries are at the same level of progress towards the topics that we're actually talking about today. So thank you for raising that. I'm going to ask Grace here about this. This one's slightly more challenging. I would like to dream of a day where we don't even need... International Women's Day anymore. Shouldn't it be 365 days a year, uh, International Women's Day? And it's no longer even on our conscious because we've already addressed the issues. What's your reaction to that?
9: Um, I hope that will come to fruition, Nick. I think uh, when we have gender balance throughout and gender equality and really equality for all human beings, then I think we don't maybe need to celebrate, but we still need to celebrate all the achievements of women around the world. Uh, likewise, uh, uh, celebrate achievements of other people. So hopefully we'll get to that point one day soon.
0: I, I hope so too. But in the meantime, it's absolutely necessary to be clear. We need to have these conversations and, and we need to have that focus. And I do encourage all of the audience to choose to challenge, like we said at the start. I'm going to switch over now to Christina. Can you share with us one of the leaders that you've found that has inspired you to be who you are today?
8: Actually, I have two in mind, um, in my immediate mind. and it's, There are folks who have empowered me to really stretch myself. So I grew up in an environment where sometimes I don't always have a voice and through the experiences and the connections I've made with these two leaders that have really kind of taken me outside of my shell to really expand my range and given me the ability to really be brave to challenge the status quo. So these two folks are folks who I have uh, one is more recent and this one that uh that was a leader that was really that really inspired me that was from 10 years ago but uh, they've all helped me to just shape my journey moving forward and to be able to share with others that what I have to share in my perspective is also meaningful in the world of others that may not give me a voice.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you, Christina. I'm going to pivot our focus now to diversity. And that's a big reason why we're talking here today. Now, to be clear, diversity is far more than a gender topic. Today, we are celebrating women, we're looking to celebrate inspiring women at Cubic, but diversity is far more than just a gender thing. I'd like to hear here from Maria and then from Bonnie. What does diversity mean to you and why do you think it's important?
1: Thank you, Mick. For me, like you said, diversity can take a different Sections, right? You can have diversity of culture and religion, but to me, it's actually very important to have diversity so you get to understand different people and have their views taken into account, especially because we are working in an international world, right? So every society and country has something to bring into the table. So it's very important to be able to listen, right, and take in account what are the necessities. That different cultures might take. I come from Mexico, so there are different cultures and you have to be aware, especially as running a business and understanding people, what could be an impact. Sometimes we just don't know and we don't understand what are the differences and we might impact someone else emotionally. We don't want to do that. Right. So that's kind of my perspective.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Maria listening to voices and understanding different cultures. Absolutely. A very important part. Your thoughts, Bonnie? Yeah,
4: I think that's a great question. To me, I think growing up in a really global environment and looking at it from a background and an education perspective, as well as a from a, a, a poor background versus a wealthy background, from a diversity perspective, I think that we too often are dismissive of uh, you know people with diverse thoughts and that are coming from diverse shared experiences and as a result of that we often are from a hiring practice you know we may not be considering the person whose resume or background doesn't look exactly like what we would expect someone that's coming into a particular role to fill and i think by opening our minds to the diversity of different backgrounds and lived experiences, we're really getting a fantastic and colorful and broad group of people. And hopefully, you know, many more women like the, the women on our inspiring panel today.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Bonnie. So that resonates with me as well. and I, I want to share a couple of stories uh, in that regard. So it is about diversity of thought and about collecting those diverse thoughts for the better and for the good. So I'll carefully share this story. My previous employer, when I first joined that company, the entire executive of the company were all middle-aged men that went to the same university. Now, what does that mean? That means that anytime that there's a problem facing that business and they've got to think through how are we going to solve it, you're just going to get 12 people in a room that are just going to agree with each other, whether they're right or wrong, they're going to pat each other on the back and think that they're doing the right thing. Now, conversely, something that happened this morning: we had a great session earlier today where we were together with some people from Amazon and some people from McKinsey, and we did a bit of customer-oriented ideation about how to solve some of the problems in mobility in the world. And we had voices in the room that, uh, like Tracy Paulson from Corporate and Cindy Adamos from Contracts, who would not perhaps typically be inside a innovation cell working on a hackathon or whatever the case may be, but they brought real voices to the table and they were talking about being a parent and traveling with children Mm -hmm. as you go through the metro and things that, let's say an engineer who's sitting there with their blinkers on may not think about. So 100%, it needs to be about diversity of thought. Okay, now we're going to get into some more challenging ones. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to send this one in Alison's direction. Unfortunately, the glass ceiling is real. It still exists today. We've been trying to break it. Rhetoric has been there. The action, in some cases, has also been there. But the glass ceiling still exists today. Why is that and what can we really do about it?
7: Why is that, Mick? I would say, um, depending on your company, your experience, your current context, why is is going to vary. Um, I do think things we can do about it would be to challenge our own biases, right? To uh, give women the tools to overcome some of the Some of the things that are ingrained in us from a very early age, politeness, uh, compliance, uh, not negotiating salaries uh, at a a level appropriate to your work. Uh, In fact, I think General Assembly is doing a a special uh, session for women coming up on how to negotiate your salary at a more equitable level. Um, so why, again, it, it comes from a lot of places, but I think empowering each other and lifting each other up is one way we can start to overcome that together. Uh, understanding that we're all on a journey together. If you guys have worked with me before, you know journey is one of my favorite words because life is all about different journeys. So being on this journey together and realizing that the more we pull each other up as women, as coworkers, as human beings, uh, the farther we're all going to go. Uh, as a society. And I, I think that's one way we can try to break through the glass ceiling. Is that going to be enough? Probably not. We're going to need a lot of allies on our side as well. So not just women lifting up other women and and lifting each other up, um, but we need a lot of allies and and Mick, you are one of those allies. So thank you for that.
0: Well, I try to be, uh, Alison, um, and I'm trying to do as much as I can to address these topics, but it needs to be more than just uh, us on this call. It needs to be everyone that's listening to this panel and beyond for us to start making a real difference. Now you hit on something there that I I really want to go a bit deeper on now. And I wrote an article for International Women's Day uh, 12 months ago that actually stirred a bit of controversy. And bear with us in the audience. This will eventually come to a conclusion that I think is really important. I'm going to start talking about some of the differences. And Alison was touching on this, the differences between men and women that might lead to some of these topics. So, and I'm going to come towards you here, Jenny, and I, I think also Kat, I'd like to hear your view on this one. When when a woman is applying for a job, and keep in mind, we're in this generalization territory right now, when a woman is applying for a job and they're reading a job description, what goes through their mind? Jenny, your thoughts.
3: So, I think it's it's an interesting topic. I think early on in a career, when we're looking at jobs to apply for, we look, are we qualified? Do we have the skills that meet this? And we might shy away from a job that that doesn't, that has skills outside of our our comfort zone. And we, we think, well, if, we're, if we don't have everything that's there, maybe we shouldn't apply for it. And not press ourselves and just go for it anyway. I think as you go further down in your career, you realize that maybe I should just go for it. Maybe I should just apply for it and and be honest and be open and, and shoot for it. Whether I have all the skills or not, I've got a lot of them and should try to press myself to do something more. And I do think that men tend toward that more than women, that it's just in their nature to do it. And I don't know if it's more of a grooming from a younger age that they just are, yeah, go for it. They're just more risk takers. And we are just groomed from a younger age as girls to be more proper, to be more reserved. And that, that just kind of flows into every aspect of our life. And so it's it's harder to step out of that norm. But I, I have to believe that that partially plays into it because when a woman steps into that more aggressive, assertive position, they aren't looked on the same as a man is
0: we're going to come back to that one as well, Jenny. That uh, also stimulates a, another topic that I'll bring up shortly. Kat, Yovie, you've recently joined us. So you've just been through this. When you applied to come to Cubic, what was your first reaction when you read the job description?
2: Uh, first reaction was, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> I don't know that I can do this job, to be totally honest. But I think that Jenny makes a good point that it's when you're growing up and you're early in your career, there's this pervasive feeling of you have to be twice as good to get half as far. And you internalize that to such an extent that I think that you tend to forget sometimes or it's easy to forget that, you know, the world is changing so quickly that the hard skills almost don't matter as much as the ability to learn and adapt. And I think that you look at these job descriptions that might look extremely technical or they might be looking for just something that you just don't have and it can feel like it's you are the one at fault, but really they're just looking, they're putting out everything. Like what the perfect person they right? that person fishing. doesn't exist right. and they, they yeah. are looking for someone who can fill those shoes and right. can do the job and can learn and adapt and that's what they're that's i think what people are looking for these days especially when you're working in innovative companies like cubic and these okay. types of industries
0: all right Th- thank you kat and this is going to bring us to the challenging conversation and what stirred up the controversy uh, exactly a year ago so you're both right When a male, once again, a generalization, when a male looks at a job description, if there's 10 selection criteria on that and they can meet five or six of them and they back themselves that they can learn the others, they'll go for it. And they'll even get into the interview and sell themselves up and explain exactly why they're the perfect candidate for the job despite the fact that they don't meet four or five of the selection criteria. It's exactly what happens. So we end up with a natural bias in the selection process where you're going to have some people that just never applied for the job in the first place that could have, and you're going to find some that, ah, they're almost apologetic when they get into an interview situation where they say, well, I kind of, yeah, sorry, I don't meet that criteria, etc." Now, I'm being really unfair and all generalizations are unfair, but it is a factor that leads into this. Now, here's the challenging question, and I'm going to come back to Alison. You got me onto this with the statement you made a moment ago. Now, one side of this story would be, well, encourage women to be more Uh, forceful to be more confident to stretch and be more uh, risk taking instead of risk averse another view would be to tell men well hey buddy back it off you don't have to be a salesman every day and be a little bit more humble and uh, be a bit more judicious etc etc but the question is why should anyone change should society change should women be more confident and sell themselves? Should men back it off? What needs to change here to redress that, Alice?
7: Oh, that's a big question, Mick. I would say what needs to change here is the ability to be authentic, for authenticity to be praised at every age, you know, whether that's who you feel you are, uh, what you want to do with your life, what you want to be when you grow up. And I know it's similar, it's probably similar for men that it is for women when, you know, we're told to behave a certain way and negotiate a certain way and be more docile. You know, from a very young age, uh, and I grew up with a brother, we're only 14 months apart, so we're very close in age. From a young age, he was told to be dominant, to be the forceful one, to be the ruler. In fact, his name means powerful ruler. His name is Richard. It means powerful ruler. And my parents named us these names because they had these expectations. But you know, I don't ever recall at a young age, you now us being really praised for our authenticity. So allowing the space for men to be more emotional instead of people saying, "Man up, don't cry." Uh, and you know, and telling women, you know crying shows weakness at work. Mm. Uh, I, I think breaking down those emotional barriers and just letting people, be their true selves, be their authentic selves. Uh, it's not going to solve the world's problems, but it's certainly a start. Uh, that, And I think we can start there with praising authenticity at every turn.
0: I love it. A wonderful reflection there, Alison. My view is the call to action is a bit of everything. The first thing would be to hiring managers and to recruitment agencies to don't put out a shopping list of qualifications, put out what you're really looking for. So put out that you're looking for someone that's. Like CatSet that is able to learn quickly and has a certain qualification, a certain grounding to them, of course, there's got to be some kind of core skill there. But then beyond that, you're looking for someone with the right aptitude and the ability to adapt to the culture and cultural fit will beat the skill fit any day regardless. So let's be a bit more realistic about what we're looking for when we put those job descriptions out and then factor in some of these things like, so... Yes, I I do encourage women to be more confident and push themselves forward. I I do. But why should you change? That's an equally good question to ask. And men, yeah, back it off a little bit. You don't have to be out there and promising the world when just be yourself. And authenticity is actually the key there. Because we're on that recruitment part, we do talk a lot about gender balance. And I'm going to come towards Grace here and then Susan. There's, There's something very specific that I'm looking to go towards here. So we do talk a lot about gender balance and we even we measure it. We measure the active participation in, in the workforce, et cetera, et cetera. And I would say that we are improving, not quickly enough, but we are improving. But what does happen in all of that is it does seem that genders typically gravitate towards the same job families all the time. So we see a lot of women in HR roles. We see women in finance roles. We see women in certain job families. And we see still a deep underrepresentation in job families like engineering, as an example. Grace, I'll start with you. What do you think we need to do to address gender balance across job families instead of just gender balance across the entire workforce?
9: So, gender balance, uh, that's such a great question. Gender balance uh, in, in terms of job families, right? I think it really starts from childhood. You know, I think we need to encourage these job families that are not traditionally female job families at the elementary school level, at the grade school level, at the high school level and and really promote that. I come from a very traditional family, right? So when I was little I said to my mom, you know, mom, I think I want to be a lawyer. She's like Oh, my God, you know, don't you want to stay home and be a mom and have lots of kids? And and I'm like, no, that's not what I want. But, you know, it needs to start there. It starts from the most basic at home, encouraging, you know, the next generation at schools, encouraging that generation. That's why I think a lot of the companies have STEM programs now. Right. We go to the schools. We really encourage all sorts of children, all sorts of whether it's diversity in culture, gender, uh, backgrounds to really explore uh, all these job families. I, I think that's where we need to start.
0: Okay. Excellent, Grace. Great reflection. I'm going to reflect on that very quickly before we do pass over to Susan for her thoughts on that. I have a three and a half month old boy and the other morning, I was sitting there watching Coco Melon with him. It's a television show. I'm sure many of you heard of it. It's relatively a modern television show. So it's not like it's come from a different era. It's a current era program. And in that program, here's my three and a half month old son who is at the most kind of, what would you say, adaptable part of his life in terms of learning is sitting there watching a program where the female character, the mother, is depicted as a homemaker in terms of baking, cakes and all of these things. So it does start at a very young age. Even in that program, things like when they do songs, like five pandas jumping on a bed, every time they do that, and I've been watching it, if there's an odd number, there's always three boys and two girls, every time. If it's an even number, yes, it might be balanced. But every time there's an odd number in that program, it's always in the balance of the boys over the girls. And it it does start from a really young age and they're very impressionable. And it needs to start from the moment they're born. Mm. Okay, thank you, Grace. Really great reflection there. Now, Susan, you are one of our most talented engineers and certainly one of the best solution architects that I've seen in my career. And you've chosen to go into this career and into this job family how do we encourage more people like you to come through and to do the same
5: I think it's really important to reach out to our children. As they grow up, they need to not see the glass ceiling that I saw when I was their age. And that's what I try to instill in my own children. As I raise them, I make sure that they are part of a lot of the STEAM or STEM activities within their schools and activities because I want to expose them to every um Opportunity possible and not just keep them into traditional female job roles. I want them to see me working and I want them to see me working, but not be impacted by my work so that they can see they don't have to choose to be a mom and and stay at home. They can work, but they can have a family. That's really important. And I think that's part of the way that as we, you know, I have a very supportive husband that helps me accomplish everything that I want to do. And that's part of it too, as you have someone that's going to support you and your children and change that um, gender bias. I think that, you know, that's the right path that we need to go to.
0: Okay. That concludes part one of our special event celebrating international women's day 2021 with the panel inspiring women at Cubic. We hope you got something out of part one. We look forward to bringing you part two very shortly. We hope that you're enjoying the Leadership Project Podcast and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast service that you're listening to, whether that be Apple Podcasts or iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify, whatever your preferred service is. Please hit that subscribe button so that you're informed of all of our future episodes. And if you'd be so kind to let your friends know about the show, send them the link so that we spread the word and we get this conversation going. And if you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes, of course, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. So in the meantime, we bring you part two shortly. Please do take care, keep safe, and remember to always challenge the status quo. for listening to the leadership project at mickspears.com a huge call out to faris Sadek for his video editing of all of our video content and to all of the team at tlp joanne goes on gerald calabo and my amazing wife say spears i could not do this show without you don't forget to subscribe to the leadership project youtube channel where we bring you interesting videos each and every week and you can follow us on social particularly on linkedin facebook and instagram now in the meantime please do take care look out for each other and join us on this journey as we learn together and lead together